Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Welcome to Fantasy Football Weekly, a production of iHeartRadio. Time now for Fantasy Football Weekly from iHeartRadio, your weekly source for the nation's best fantasy speculation and advice. Now, along with the guys from Fanball.com, here's the host for Fantasy Football Weekly, Paul Charchian. It is year number 26 of Fantasy Football Weekly. We are America's longest-running fantasy show, and for good reason, because we have been helping you dominate your fantasy league for over two decades. And we're old. Two and a half. Two and a half. That is the voice of Brian Johnson from guillotineleagues.com. I'm Paul Chargin from guillotineleagues.com. And Scott Fish, widely known for Scott Fishbowl. Hi, Scott. My uh, my hey. team in your league just got blown up by Damian Williams. Yeah, I drafted like, him as well, but it was like an 11th rounder, so I didn't feel so bad. But I, I wasn't online yesterday. What happened? Yeah. Or the other day. Yeah, that's going to be a problem. All we right. will get right into the significance of Damian Williams in just a minute, but lots of other stuff to go through over the course of the show, including all the offseason moves that the notable, meaningful, fantasy-relevant offseason moves for in case – you know, you reasonably were sleeping for the last you know seven months, and I wouldn't blame you. You've plenty of time to to block you know, block out everything that's happened lately. We'll go through the training camp battles that we will be watching this spring. We will hit you up with a Dynasty Empire rookie draft ADP. We'll look at all the rookies, where they're going in Dynasty and Empire drafts. Talk about the rookies individually, and also figure out whether or not America's got it right. Is this the right guys in the right place? Guys are going too high, too low. We'll tell you that as well. Not America, the world. The world. Fantasy football is on global. Oh, it, it has. <laughs> Intergalactic even, probably. Three tough questions, as always, and the COVID plans that you need to get in place pronto. Right mm-hmm. now. Before friendships are ended, and it will happen. Yep. All right, guys. Let's jump right in. Let's begin here. With the news that Damian Williams has opted out, this means that 
Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who I think we were all intrigued by before, becomes absolutely fascinating with the upside that he can bring to a fantasy team. The way I've asked you guys to work on this is this way. Scott, give me the best-case scenario for Clyde Edwards-Alaire in Kansas City. And then, Brian, after he's done, I want you to give me the worst-case scenario, reasonable ones. I don't want to hear about a shattered femur or anything like that. <laughs> you don't want to hear RB1 for me and doesn't play because Yeah, of, right, exactly. Give me, I've done know, a within, within the ton of research on the femur history of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, though. <laughs> I've right. gone back to multiple doctors, <laughs> his school doctors. nurse, yeah. school nurse, everything. But all right, fine, yeah. I won't do that. All right, thank you. Scott, we begin with you. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, what's the reasonable upside? That he could bring if things break right for him in Kansas City. It, it's really we've seen it right. Like we saw, we saw Spencer Ware uh, uh, tear his ACL, and Kareem Hunt came in, and he was a top, you know, five six running mm-hmm. back with Andy Reid, and and Alex Smith had a Pro Bowl base. You know, he was an MVP uh, quarterback for a yeah. while that year. It's not like uh, it's not like he was terrible that year. We we've seen that. We've seen Damian Williams with a five game stretch of. Uh, 90-plus yards in almost all of them and five touchdowns yeah. at the end of a, a couple years ago there mm-hmm. in 2018. That's his upside. His upside is that 12 to 1,500 total yard back with double-digit touchdowns. That's it. He's now basically a first-round running back. He's t- I, I can't see any argument putting him outside the top 10 running Let's backs. get more granular then, sure. just first round, because I think he's going to go in the first round. I have him as my RB6 right now. RB6. So yeah. that would put him at roughly pick you know, eight, nine, ten. Back into the first Maybe even sixth if you're, that's your strategy this year. You know, Auction but. value, where would you peg him a Clyde Edwards-Alaire for for uh, for the maximum auction value yeah, that I'm a, you I'm pay? a tough guy to ask on this because I am such a thrifty auctioner. <laughs> I, I, I like just hammering the middle of the road guys. So uh, eh, pro- probably in that, you know, high 20s range. Yeah, that's probably about right if you want. For a typical player that's going yeah. in the middle end of the first round. Yeah. Brian, give me the worst case, reasonable worst case scenario, non-injury related for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Okay, well, I think it would be safe to say before Williams opted out, we were looking at a 50-50 timeshare between CEH and Williams. Whoever whoever's the starter doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now we're probably looking. So DeAndre Washington is now the backup, of course. We're looking, I think, still at a 60-40 timeshare where CEH is the lead runner, but it's not going to be. He's not getting all the work now that Williams has opted out. DeAndre Washington is a very capable runner, and the worst-case scenario is it becomes a 50-50 platoon. I didn't realize this, but DeAndre Washington was a college teammate of Patrick Two Mahomes. Years. Yes. Two, years te- Two years at Texas Tech, and, and Mahomes, Mahomes, yeah, he yeah. wanted he to sign the Washington. To get Washington mm-hmm. yeah. Caught 41 passes from Mahomes at Texas Tech, DeAndre Washington did. Yeah. Picked up a lot of blitzes. Yeah. They probably took a lot of showers together. There's yeah. a lot of bonding. What are you saying? That's been going on there. And Washington's no slouch. When he's gotten a chance to play— He's been good. He's been with the Raiders, for those who don't know. Last week, uh, last year, I'm sorry, three times he saw 20 touches. In weeks 13, 15, and 16, he finished as RB9, RB12, and RB19 in those weeks. Not bad. I mean, right now, I've got him around running back 50 with the Naheem Hines and Latavius Murrays of the world. Mm-hmm. And the worst-case scenario is he plays well, and I think he will. And we're, I'm downgrading all rookies still. CEH is the, the prime rookie out there now, but he's just not going to get 80 to 70% of the touches, which most, most people expect. Well, right. That would be worst case. So let's play, it's more of a split. Let's play, let's play that out. Let's assume that you're right and that split's going to be closer to 50-50. Then, in your scenario, 
What's the right draft spot for Clyde Edwards-Alaire? Almost where he was going. <laughs> Maybe around sooner. He's going around round three before Williams Early opted three, out. So, yeah, yeah right, still right around there. A okay. little sooner, say mid to late second. But mm-hmm. uh, where first seems a little... <laughs> First seems It'll like a little bit of a reach for yeah. me in redraft. Yeah. That's that's me. Uh, but I know people are doing it, and I, I can see why. But uh, I, Washington is not going to be a non-factor. All right, so we've talked on this show, and especially the podcast version, and welcome to everybody who's listening to us over the air on their, their favorite radio station. But we podcast all year round. This is our first show of year number 26 over the air. On the podcast, we talked about stacking the two Chiefs running backs, mm. in part because Damian Williams was so cheap. You were going Clyde Edwards-Alaire at the end of the second or early third, and then you were getting Damian Williams in round eight, or round nine, or round ten, or in the case of the Scott Fishbowl, round 11. Mm-hmm. So now what's the real viability, If you and is, that, is there any viability left in using, as your starting running backs, Dwayne Washington, who's going to go super late. You'll DeAndre. Get him, sorry, DeAndre Washington and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, sure. I mean, you're like I just kind of said, you might be paying a little more of a premium. Well, you're going to pay more of a premium now for Alaire in most cases. Yeah, that's, that's, but the, on that's the, the problem. Right? On the tail end, it, it becomes more of an – it's almost you're going all in or almost just, you're almost handcuffing. I mean, it, when it was Williams, it wasn't really a handcuff scenario, right? Mm. So now it's almost more of a handcuff. So long story short – I'm I'm an advocate for it if I do draft Hilaire. I'm getting Washington, though, no matter what. I'm in this weird spot where I started out this offseason going, let's handcuff because if someone gets COVID or something, we want his backup. And now I'm like, they're in the same room together all week. You're right. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. If, if one of those gets uh, I don't know. that. Right? I think I want to spread out who, my, uh, my, who I have in my running back core. I liked the tandem of Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Damian Williams because of the price you had to pay for them each, which was early third round and, say, the ninth round. But now that Clyde Edwards-Alaire is going to cost me a late first rounder in all probability to get, I'm out. Who do you want? Who would you rather take more? Based on their ADP, of course. Edwards-Alaire or Washington? Uh, Washington, because somebody is going to take Clyde Mm Edwards-Alaire in the first round. I can't. Th- I don't think he's going to get out of first round. No, no. Yeah, you're and right. if you pay that price, you're paying it with the mindset he's going to be the bell cow stud. So why do you even want Washington That's if you're right. paying that mindset? Well, yeah. At that point, yeah. I think I'd rather just take Washington away from the guy who drafted Clyde Edwards-Alaire. I think Brian's right that this might be closer to like a sixty forty split. And even though I'm on the wrong side of forty of the sixty forty. That's pretty good Yeah. when it's the Kansas City Chiefs averaging 33 points a game. And, you know, rookies hit the wall towards the end of the season when uh, you really make your hay. It happens a lot. And uh, I don't know. What, yeah. All right. The, uh, very I can't briefly, you opted out, though, Williams. Very briefly before we get into some of the key offseason moves. Antonio Brown is, we now know the terms of his suspension. It's it, it's a, it sounds like it's going to be eight games. Mm-hmm. There could be more added on later. Yep. Uh, but it's eight games right now. Should people that are drafting at this time of year, based on what we know right now, is he draftable? And if so, where would you take him? I have a slightly hot take. I thought he was a good late-round flyer. I think this worsens his draft value for me because I know he's out for over half the season in a season that could get shortened. Right. Like I, what happens this, if we have a 10-game season? This almost puts it to the point, I don't think I'm even so, throwing, no. that, throwing that late flyer on him anymore. I, all right. Do you feel any differently, Brian? Uh, 
I think I agree with Fish. And, you know, if I'm th- going to throw a, a dart very late, I think I'd still rather throw a dart at Josh Gordon or maybe even Jordan Reed, okay, so, <laughs> the former big name. But, so uh, maybe it wasn't but, a hot uh, take. Yeah. I, was like, <laughs> I think no. the standard well, take at this point. I, I thought his value worsens. I hate using up a roster spot on a guy that I know is not going to play for half of the year unless I'm in a really, really deep draft. And, mm-hmm. you know, I know you love your deep draft, Scott. And yeah. in that case, sure. Uh, but assuming you care anything about you know the weight of that roster spot and who else you could be putting there, I hate carrying guys for that long. Right. All right, let's move on to the offseason moves by position. Um, I've asked you guys to look at all, each of the key moves in both the AFC and NFC. Let's begin in the NFC with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who I have reason to believe have a new quarterback. Yeah, Tampa Bay now, right? Uh, Tom Brady, as we all know, a Buccaneer now. And what can you say? Uh, loaded. In the passing game with Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, he should thrive. And not to mention Rob Gronkowski, of course, O.J. Howard, hopefully still coming into his own. Is this and, the best set of receivers he's ever oh, had? And it's not close. Uh, if you go to, I mean, Moss you could say Moss and Welker. Ooh, Ma- Moss might still, take him over the, the top. But let's just, still. speaking of great receivers, having two great receivers always works out well. Even for Jay Cutler and Josh McCown in 2013 with Brandon Marshall and Alshon Jeffrey, who were very early teammates being drafted in fantasy football. You combine McCown and Cutler, and they finished uh, six, quarterback six overall, basically. Mm. And that was McCown and Cutler with two great receivers. Give Brady these two guys. I mean, top six finish should be in the books. Um, it, like, it, I think he'll be close in terms of touchdowns thrown top six, but other people will rush yeah, for fantasy fair. more fantasy points because of their rushes. Yes. All right, let's go to the AFC. Let's go to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Philip Rivers goes to the Colts behind the best offensive line he's ever had. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the weapons are the best he's ever had, but he's got his check down running back like he had. He's, yeah. got, he's got a good good young rookie running back to, to take the pressure off. Um, I think it might be you know pretty lateral to what he was last year, but the problem is, is he washed? He did not look good at the end of the last two years. Like he couldn't make it a full season before his arm died out. The upside is this offensive line that you alluded to. Yeah. Best offensive. He's a statue back there. Yeah. Best offensive line he's ever had in his 17-year career. I don't know. He had and, like an 11-yard run last year. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, <laughs> yes. And um, and now if you can get T.Y. Hilton back to what he was, healthy, mm-hmm. I think Paris Campbell's potentially sitting yeah. on, on a, a nice rebound off of injury last year. Could be the guy that we thought he was. So maybe there's I think there's some sneaky upside to Philip Rivers as sort of last where pick he's going right. for sure. Let's go to Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, Brian. That almost sounded like a place. Let's go to Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> in Carolina. Sounds lovely. The Teddy Bridgewater of Madison so County. Upset. Teddy Bridgewater is the answer to your question. Well, if you're a fan of the long ball, the deep ball, Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina is not a place Ain't you want to visit. Uh, yeah. So last year, among quarterbacks with at least 100 pass attempts, the average depth of target was 8.7 yards. Teddy finished at 6.1, dead last, more than half a yard behind the, the, the next guy. So, But you know what? This is a good spot for a guy with a, I don't want to call it, say, a noodle arm. He just doesn't go downfield, but you dump off to Christian McCaffrey. You dump it off to DJ Moore. These guys can take mm-hmm. you to the house, do all the dirty work. But, yeah, uh, Teddy B is the guy in Carolina. They did not mm-hmm. want Cam Newton, so there you go. All right, let's go to the Chargers. Uh, Chargers get Tyrod Taylor, who might who might actually end up in a little bit of a quarterback fight, mm-hmm. but he's he's got guys on his side. Anthony Lynn from Buffalo, he's got uh, better weapons potentially than he ha- than he's had in his career. Uh, he's got some rushing upside. Uh, it's it's an okay spot for him. He's fine for where he goes as a late flyer, even in super flex leagues. I don't think he's draftable in one QB leagues mostly. No, he's not. Uh, you do get that running potential yeah. that Tyrod brings. Let's go to Chicago. 
Oh, don't play it yet, because we're just talking about Nick Foles. We're going to get into the heated battle between Nick Foles and and Sad Trombones. Sad Trombonski. Sorry, first episode, I can't say the name right. We'll talk about that a little more, but yes, Nick Foles is in Chicago. All right, then let's go to the Raiders, now Las Vegas. Yeah. Just a backup. Mariota's going to back up Carr. They might have a have a training camp battle, but that's about all there is there. We'll see, we'll see if he can do it with a new team, if right. he gets the job. Sounds good. A uh, couple of quick backups that we might want to touch on that are pretty notable in the NFC, Brian. I want to just mention Jameis Winston, not because he's going to be very relevant unless something happens to Breeze, but it completed this perfect quarterback carousel between the Patriots, the Panthers, the Saints, and the Bucks. They all interchanged quarterbacks, if you think about it. Mm, Newton to to New England, New England, Brady went to Tampa Bay, but I won't go on. But, uh, yeah, really uh, doesn't matter in uh, one quarterback leagues. A, a handcuff for Breeze and Superflex, but that's it. Speaking of the Patriots and yeah. Cam Newton. Yeah, could you argue these are his best wide receivers he's had? I mean, yeah, Funches, maybe, Kelvin maybe. Benjamin. Like yeah, he, it, it hasn't <laughs> been good. Like, it hasn't been great. Uh, yeah, so Cam Newton goes to the Patriots. I, I have a feeling if if he's able to run again, if he's overall his injuries – he could be a top 12 quarterback once again, but, uh, but we're going to have to see it first. Before we get to the running backs, the receivers, and the tight ends, and the players that have moved around, let's take a quick break. I, if you would like to get my cheat sheet for free, you get to do that. It Just go to guillotineleagues.com, guillotineleagues.com. That is the new destination for my free cheat sheet for redraft leagues ppr leagues uh whether you're looking for auction values hundred dollar auction values two hundred dollar auction values or just player rankings for your draft the cheat sheets are free at guillotineleagues.com when we come back we'll go through some of the rest of the moves across the nfl and the training camp battles we can't wait to watch it's fantasy football weekly Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER L-A-S-I-K-LASIK.com Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K-LASIK.com If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon. 
Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Scott Fish, Brian Johnson from guillotineleagues.com. I'm Paul Charchian from guillotineleagues.com. Year number 26, segment number two of Fantasy Football Weekly. Guys, last segment we started breaking down the player movements from the offseason, touching a little bit on the fantasy relevancy of these moves. We got through the quarterbacks. Let's turn our attention to the running backs, beginning with the Broncos. Yeah. Broncos brought in uh, Melvin Gordon. They signed him to a contract. A uh, little bit of a surprise move. Thought Philip Lindsay was going to be the guy there, but they lost Devonta Booker, so maybe they, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I think Gordon's going to be the, the main guy there, but they'll both get work. It's it's kind of a uh, it's kind of painful for both of them because it turned two bell cows into half bell cows. Yeah, it really did. And yeah. Philip Lindsay's going very late in drafts yeah. right now, and I think yep. being a little bit underappreciated. I don't, I'm not positive Melvin Gordon's that good. We'll find out. We'll learn more about whether or not he can work we well in this, new, I think in, this, good. <laughs> in this new environment. Let's go to uh, let's go to Atlanta next. Brian. Todd Gurley returns home to Atlanta. Gurley, by the way, ranked number 51 in the NFL's top 100 list. That's The biggest joke. BS list of all time. Wow. Absurd. 51. Maybe it was 2017, possibly. But anyway, Atlanta was one of five teams that ran the ball less than 23 times per game last season. And according to Pro Football Focus, the Atlanta offensive line posted their worst run and pass blocking grades of the Matt Ryan era last season. That era has now lasted forever, by the way, the Matt Ryan era. And uh, the Falcons sunk two first-round picks into their O-line last year. Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry, they both looked like busts last year. So they don't turn it around. It's not an ideal landing spot for Gurley. I'm not super excited about this. Uh, let's go to Miami, where they've got two new running backs. They After do. remember, remember all the retru- all the, the disaster level running backs they had last year. Yeah, apparently they didn't want Ryan Fitzpatrick to lead the team, <laughs> the team in rushing, rushing again. again yes. So, so they brought in Jordan Howard, and they traded during the draft uh, fifth rounder for Matt Breda. Uh, I don't love either of them. <laughs> I just don't for fantasy. But uh, the, I think Howard is most likely going to be the bell cow, and uh, or the at least the mm-hmm. the main runner. He'll be the sixty of the sixty forty split. Uh, there's a little value there, but uh, only if you get it cheap. Dolphins offensive line just dreadful, which makes it a little bit tr- tricky to trust either of those guys. Seattle gets a guy I think is going to be a backup. Other people think that he's going to press for starting time. Let's talk about yeah. Carlos Hyde. He really just dumbs down the, the Rashad Penny backup value. It's still Chris Carson is the guy. He's healthy. Uh, there was worry, worried about the worries about his leg going into the season, but he's good to go. Only if he starts fumbling a lot, then uh, Carlos Hyde becomes something. But we don't have to talk about him anymore. Okay. Let's go to the Jaguars, uh, Scott, where yeah. the Jaguars make a, kind of a you know a modest move. Yeah, if, if they they picked up Chris Thompson, if he can stay healthy, he might get a lot. Of, he might get more receptions than people think. I mean, mm-hmm. Leonard Fournette uh, was third on the team in targets and first in receptions for the Jaguars last year mm. for a running back, which is and for Leonard Fournette, which is crazy. So I expect Chris Thompson to eat 
eat into that, but you know, losing value for Fournette and maybe a little, you know, flex value for Thompson. And he's a, an old Jay Gruden guy, the new OC yeah. for the Jaguars. So there's some connected. history there. Yep. Let's go to the wide receiver position and Arizona with the biggest move at that position and maybe the biggest move overall this offseason. Yeah, definitely. Uh, of course, you're talking about DeAndre Hopkins, now a Cardinal. And the main concern really is uh, will he see the, you know, the massive target share he saw in Houston? Right. And at first, you think probably not, but. I was shocked that Arizona wide receivers as a whole totaled the most receptions last year at 238, nearly 15 per game. For reference, the Texans finished with 228. And it's not like it was basically Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, and Demir Bird. Yeah, right. And now, Hopkins takes Demir Bird's spot. So, yeah, I'm not worried about Hopkins at all in Arizona. I'm actually quite wow. excited to see what happens here. All That's not my surprising shares to me, though. Of <laughs> Demir Bird now just yeah. totally shot. I'm really, really disappointed. Let's go to Buffalo where they gained Stefan Diggs. They did gain Stefan Diggs. He's he's probably de- the de facto one now there in Buffalo. Uh, he's he's a nice target for Josh Allen. Uh, I, I, I can see a very frustrating season for Diggs though, with the inaccuracy deep. Nobody's giving Emmanuel Sanders much love in, in New Orleans, be. and I, I think this is a blown opportunity for fantasy owners. They should be as long as the uh, the target distribution doesn't go like this among wide receivers. Here was the, the distribution last year for the Saints wideouts. Uh, Michael Thomas, 185. <laughs> Ted Ginn, 56. <laughs> Traquan Smith, 25. The next listed wide receiver on pro football reference was Taysom Hill with 22 targets. So. Man. Yeah, you would think uh, Sanders will be pushing more of the 100-target mm-hmm. threshold. And if he gets that in that offense where Michael Thomas commands a lot of attention, he'll be a viable fantasy starter this season. Still right. got some gas in the tank for sure. Scott, who fills the void left by DeAndre Hopkins? Uh, a couple players. You got Randall Cobb coming in and uh, Brandon Cooks. Cooks will probably be on the outside with uh, Fuller on the other side. Cobb playing the slot mostly. He's a nice big slot guy for them. Um it's, it's going to be interesting to see that offense without uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I, I'm a Fuller guy. I actually like Fuller both better than both of these guys. When Fuller's healthy, he's got that connection with with, uh, with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. It's, of course, it's just all about the health, the yeah. when he's healthy yep. part, right? Re- mm-hmm. Real quick, I saw Randall Cobb just realized he needed glasses. And he fi- so he can finally <laughs> see now. He, he just got see yeah, wow. corrective lenses. So. <laughs> Maybe Best season coming for Randall Cobb. So you're the Panthers. You go and sign Teddy Bridgewater, the most feeble-armed quarterback, starting quarterback in the NFL. And so who do you decide to pair him with, Brian? Yeah, this is fitting the the square peg in the round hole with mm-hmm. Robbie Anderson. Uh, over 30% of Anderson's targets were 20-plus yards last season. That was one of the highest percentages in the league for uh, deep pass targets. And this is, like you said, not a good fit. So I don't see uh, how this goes for Robbie. I will not touch him in redraft. He is a, a best ball uh, spike week dark, dart throw. And left behind from the Jets, who did they fill in Robbie Anderson with? Oh, they got Brashad Perryman and they same drafted guy. Denzel Mims. Yeah, yeah. it's like uh, Perryman's basically the same guy. I love, by the way, on the last one I said big slot guy for Randall Cobb. Just <laughs> slot guy. He's not big. But uh, yeah, Perryman fills that role. Uh, honestly, it could be very good for Perryman because they don't have much there. They got Perryman and Mims. What else are they going to throw? Hey, Jamison so? Crowder, man. Ah. Oh, we'll, we'll go to more over that later. Let's man. go. Let's go to the tight end position. Atlanta gets one of my favorite sleeper tight ends. Yeah, Hayden Hurst coming uh, over from Baltimore or coming down from Baltimore, I should say. Austin Hooper saw 97 targets last year with the Falcons. That was the sixth the most. Yeah, uh, and, and he only played like 13. Yeah, games. he didn't play a full season and. Uh, 
th- those are all going to Hayden Hurst. And the Atlanta offense is a well-oiled machine. Uh, tight end has always been heavily involved. Uh, a lone Atlanta tight end has seen at least 80 targets in eight of Matt Ryan's 12 seasons. I think Levine Toilolo was the one guy mm-hmm. that didn't do it I was recently. Say they had so, Tony Gonzalez and yeah, stuff. That yeah, makes that sense. But uh, hey, remember, Hayden Hurst drafted before Lamar Jackson, right? <laughs> true. Yeah. Yeah. True. So there you go. He's going to be a monster. <laughs> uh, let's go to the Steelers with a sizable void at tight yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. They brought in Eric Ebron, who's been tweeting that you should be taking him uh, very yeah. early. He thinks he mm-hmm. thinks he's basically a he top five. He thinks he's five. good. An NFL player thinks he's good. Yeah. He wow. Thinks, he says, "I play fantasy. I should. I'm better than 95 percent of these guys." He might be right. Uh, he he's got the opportunity there. Let's go to the Seattle Seahawks. It, it's always been a re, it's been a revolving door since. Really, the Jimmy Graham trade went down. It, let's talk about who they've acquired. Yeah, Greg Olson not going up in the booth just yet. He is now a Seahawk. Uh, the Seahawks tight ends uh, between Will Disley and like Jacob mm-hmm. Hollister, guys like that, actually totaled the 12th most catches and the 5th most touchdowns among tight ends last season. So Greg Olson gets the majority of run at the tight end position. He could uh, be a viable fantasy asset. All right. Thank you, guys. Those are the offseason moves that matter the most to fantasy owners. I now want to turn my attention to the training camp battles that you're going to be watching, that we are all going to be watching. The guys, these are the battles that if you can get the winner, you've got a a real leg up on and something that we'll want to track throughout the course of the preseason as training camps will. Wow, well, did we start yeah, no by, preseason? By yeah, so I know. Gonna, it's, it's we're a, just gonna have to keep our nose to the ground for news. I know it's gonna be crazy. It's you know normally you can get a, so much good and sometimes bad data out of the preseason games, but you know without that, there's gonna be a lot more guesswork on these, and that's okay. We'll we'll look and try to figure out the 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 battles that we want to be tracking throughout the course of the preseason, mm-hmm. but not any preseason games. Training camp, maybe that's a better way to put it. All right, let's begin with the uh, let's begin in the AFC. Scott, what's the first training camp battle that you were monitoring? Uh, Buffalo Bills, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Zach Moss uh, drafted by the Bills to, I guess, replace Frank Gore and all the other running backs. Uh, there, Singletary should get more of a workload. He was one of the most elusive backs in the NFL last year when he did get the ball. Uh, both these guys can pass catch, so it's going to be an interesting split. I, Singletary's small, so I think maybe they just want to keep uh, keep both of them healthy. They might it might be one of those fifty fifty deals. All right, and we alluded to the the Bears yeah. not that long ago. Last segment, what's going on? Uh, do we really care is what's going on. But, okay, Nick Foles versus Mitch Trubisky. Here's how it's going to go. Foles will get the job to start the season. They're going to hope he can manage some games and win behind a pretty good defense, but there are way too many holes on that team as a whole. So Bortles will come in at some point when they decide to tank for Trevor Lawrence, Chicago, that is. They're going to finish with the worst record in the NFL. There's my prediction, and we shouldn't care about this when it comes to a fantasy football perspective. But there is a battle for quarterback in Chicago. Yeah, You know, I gave I gave Nick Foles the happy trombone. You never actually said the name of... Because I, I was figuring that, that that speaks for itself. I guess, I guess so. I'm a little, Laser I'm a I, I like the, I like the one where the guy though. plays the trombone with his his butt, though. That one's way funnier. Or is that no, how that's, no, no, he's playing with his mouth. And it's, oh, I'm thinking of a different scene. Yes. You are th- <laughs> you, I don't know what movie you're thinking American of. American Pie 2, I think. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll do my research. Right. Uh, let's no go more ba- Bears talk, please. Let's go back to the AFC. Scott. 
Uh, Cincinnati Bengals. We're go- we're looking for another receiver in that group from Tate and T- from Auden Tate, T. Higgins, mm-hmm. John Ross. Uh, the way Untape played last year, I know they put some draft capital in T. Higgins, and the way John Ross uh, played at the beginning of the season, I think it's going to be a pretty decent battle. There's there's a lot of upside with all of them. We're going to be watching to see which one of them emerges as that three, and uh, it could be some fantasy-relevant games there. All right, back to the NFC, and... The Tampa Bay running back situation, Brian. Yeah, a new member to the party in uh, LaShawn McCoy now, but it's still really uh, Ronald Jones versus Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn, of course, is on the the COVID list right now, but I guess that's Mm -hmm. a a good thing because you you got it out of the way, most likely. You're not going to get it during the season. We don't even know that about COVID yet. He also just been close contact and didn't actually (laughs) get it. Yeah, we don't know that. Or they might be just hiding him there for roster space right now. Ooh, maybe that's it. All right, well, in a perfect world with no COVID, let's just look at the football players at hand here uh according to warren sharp who is one of the sharpest football minds out there uh ronald jones ranked as a top three red zone running back last year among uh, running backs with at least 20 plus carries inside the 20 rojo had a very strong second half finished as a top 24 running back in ppr uh of course Keyshawn vaughn's uh Keyshawn vaughn rookie coming in gonna push him in camp we just gotta see how this plays out but bruce arians does like a workhorse back so one of these guys should win the job and have uh, significant touches on a weekly basis. This is one of the few that I really don't have a strong feeling for who's going to end up winning. Oh, there's a few I don't. I, it's yeah. just I, you know I just I I need more data points on this, and I don't know that we're going to get them. And, and just because without the preseason games, I tend to lean towards veterans, and yep. I, I would break my ties towards veterans. Oh, yeah, so I that's kind of where my mind is right now. If I had to pick right now. Let's go to Denver and a running back situation we've already alluded yeah, to. Yeah, we already talked about it. Yeah. I could go on to a new team. Or, All right, go ahead. Go yeah. to, let's go to Houston. We've talked about Gordon and Lindsay. Let's yeah. let's talk about Houston. Duke Johnson, uh, David Johnson got traded uh, mm-hmm. got, or got traded there for DeAndre Hopkins somehow. Uh, that's going to be a battle to watch because I think there are a lot of people out there that think David Johnson might just be washed. He, he, did, he looked terrible last year. Uh, or is B.O.B. going to try to shove him down our throats because yeah, he made that trade? that trade. So he it's, it's going to be interesting to see what both of those running backs have. All right. We go to Washington where it's a four-man battle for carries in the backfield. Yeah, or maybe three and a half because we're not sure what Antonio Gibson really yeah. plays yet. A rookie who is a yeah. running back and a wide receiver. But then the other three, Adrian Peterson, Darius Geis, and now Peyton Barber, uh, who I mentioned earlier, up from Tampa Bay. I, I want no part of this whatsoever. Washington's line currently ranked 29th by pro football focus. Uh, Trent Williams is long gone, of course, at left tackle. And um, it's all about his Darius guys for real. He looks great uh, with no shirt on on Twitter. But you know what? He's still not half of the physical specimen that Adrian Peterson is at age 36. But uh, I still like AP uh, overall among this group. The Colts have got T.Y. Hilton. They but do. after that, yeah. how do you think this thing is, is shapes up? And yeah, they who's, invested, who's battling? Yeah, they invested a ton of uh, draft capital mm-hmm. in Paris Campbell last year, Michael Pittman this year. Yep. Zach Pascal had some decent games, mostly from the slot last year. Ah. Uh, I, I think we're looking more to the outside with Pittman and Campbell, though. It's uh, Campbell's got a year in that system, and Pittman's a rookie. So a lot of people are thinking this year, fade rookies. Maybe that's the case with this. All right, Detroit's running back situation is unique. This time last year, I was optimistic that Carrion Johnson was going to shake off the injuries and all the problems he had in his rookie year and come mm. back as a much better sophomore. 
That never happened. Continue to be hurt and underwhelmed. They end up drafting DeAndre Swift. Yeah, and it was still kind of a surprise pick in the second round. Uh, but I think Detroit could not resist Swift, who was a first-round talent. So they just had to go with him. And uh, he's electric as they come. Uh, a little undersized at 5'9", uh, 210 pounds. So I don't expect full bell cow usage out of the gate or maybe not at all this season. But he's one of the one rookie runners who I think uh, usurps you know, the incumbent quite uh, quite easily. In Jacksonville, they've got DJ Chark, yeah. and then after that, what yeah. does this training camp battle look like? Yeah, they have Chris Conley, your guy that uh, that seemed to go off all three times you called him. I to know, go off last I, week. I was so dialed into Chris Conley <laughs> last year. <laughs> you, you were texting him, "Is this your game this week?" Yes. Yeah. Uh, then they got D.D. Westbrook, and they got Keelan Cole. Then they brought in Lavisca Chenault Jr., who I think might be the one that wins this out because they need to get him on the field. Him with the ball in his hands, he's special. It's, I mean. Cordero Patterson-like. It is. Let's go to the Rams and their running back situation, which looks very, very <laughs> convoluted. Hey, I want no part of this either. Cam Akers versus Daryl Henderson versus Malcolm Butler versus John Kelly. And this is th- the main takeaway. The Rams never threw to their running back last year. 37 catches as a whole. That's bad. Dead last. I'm out. I'm All out right. on this. We'll yeah. see what happens, but I'm yeah. out on this battle. Yeah, and um, they've also said they're going to use a hot hand approach, and just mm-hmm. you know, so you fantasy owners may not know on a week to week basis what to expect. All right, let's motor through some of the other training camp battles that we're monitoring, in cut, including the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, we we got uh, DeAndre Washington, who we've mentioned, but Daryl Williams at the end of last season was really good, even even in the playoffs. So I think I think that is something to monitor. You'd think it's DeAndre, but we'll see how it plays out. Is there much of a battle in San Francisco between Raheem Morris and Tevin Tevin Coleman? Uh, probably not, considering Mostert had 228 more yards rushing on the same amount of carries as Tevin Coleman. But Tevin Coleman is Shanahan's guy. He did get hurt early on in the year. I I think Mostert is the guy. They just re-signed him. But there there's some competition there. All right. Let's we'll go see to, what happens. Let's go to the Chargers. We've got a potential quarterback controversy. Yeah, they, they invested a good amount of money and really high draft capital in Herbert. Uh they, they brought in Tyrod Taylor. I think Tyrod Taylor was supposed to be the stopgap uh, just in case, but Herbert's ready. I mean, he, he could he could take it over early. Okay. Green Bay, I don't know that there's really competition at that number two receiver spot. Oh, I thought you were going to say Rodgers and Love. Yeah, right. That, oh, God, oh, I hope boy. so. Oh, it'd be delicious. <laughs> no, not really. Uh, Devin Funchess was supposed to have some kind of competition for the number two wide receiver role. Mm-hmm. This is, of course, Devontae Adams is locked in at number one, but it should be Alan Lazard over Marquez Valdez-Scantling again, but uh, we'll see. Okay, well, let's go to Miami. This is. Do you believe the two is going to end up getting the week one he start? He's completely cleared. Yeah. I don't know, though. It's it's one of those things I was hoping for two and not two because mm-hmm. with Fitzpatrick, we kind of know what we're getting, but if two is in there, uh, I, I, might, I might have some questions about the wide receivers, but I think it's a legitimate battle now that he's completely ready to go. And our final training camp battle will be San Francisco. Debo Samuel is going to miss at least the start of the season. And foot injuries on wide receivers, bad deal. This thing could could go for quite a while. What's shaping up in terms of training camp battles for the Niners? Yeah, this is really a battle for temporary number one, but permanent number two. And despite being a rookie, Brandon Ayuk, probably the top uh, wide receiver option in the the eyes of the fantasy football community right Mm -hmm. now. But I'm targeting Kendrick Bourne instead. Only saw six targets twice last year but in those two games he had 40 plus yards and a touchdown in each but uh don't don't fall in love with any san francisco wide out as a whole they averaged nine and a half receptions per game last year they just run 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 well you know the difference might be 
they can pass this year. They have so much more talent at wide receiver, so much more talent outside of George Kittle now that maybe they will pass more. Fair point. If they need to, they will. Yeah, absolutely. That's a training camp battle that we are going to watch as well. And our final one that we'll talk about here when we come back, Dynasty and Empire League players. Let's go through the rookie drafts and figure out who is being taken too high, too low, and just right. And if you've ever wanted to play in a guillotine league, the exciting new format where every week the low team gets chopped off from the league and all their players go to the waiver wire, you can go to guillotineleagues.com. Join a contest to play for whatever amount of prizing you're comfortable with. Join a guillotine league now at guillotineleagues.com. Fantasy Football Weekly returns in moments. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Charchian with you. Scott Fish, Brian Johnson, getting you ready for fantasy drafts. Still a little early for most of us. Ah. And then there's all the COVID stuff. We're going to get to that later in the show. All the things that you need to be thinking about to get your league ready for the inevitable. It's going to happen. Guys are going to get COVID. Season might end early or be interrupted. We'll tell you all the things you need to know a little later in the show. Next. Now, let's look at the average draft position for the rookies across the across America, where they're being drafted, and whether or not you think America's got it right. So to set the table, these are PPR leagues, one quarterback leagues. Mm-hmm. And the first pick overall is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Scott, do you yep. believe this is the right spot for him? 
I think it is. And and if you know me, I, I'm usually in a win now mode, uh, usually. So uh, the recent news with Damian Williams uh, sure helps that, <laughs> helps that within oh, the, yeah. the number one ranking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I don't think Marilyn Mack is a slouch either, even though I think Jonathan Taylor is ex- just so much better. Uh, I think Marlon Mack's going to stick around there. So I'm, I'm on board with Hilaire at one. Okay. Let's go to pick number two by your ADP, World you're selecting Jonathan Taylor, number two. Brian, do you feel like that is the right spot for him? Too high? Yeah, Too it is the right spot. I do. Uh, Marlon Mack is, is an able runner, but Taylor is probably the most talented running back in this class. And uh, if there's a spot that's not as good as the Chiefs, it's probably the Colts with that offensive line. And uh, so, yeah, he's just in the right spot. They're for 1A, 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 1B, yeah. really. Marlon Mack is in the last year of his rookie deal. Mm-hmm. So as we're thinking in Dynasty and Empire League terms, remember, he, he might be gone next next year. And I Naheem Hines may be as well, now that I think about it. I think it. he's got another year. Yeah, does he? Okay, let's go with that. The third pick overall that you are uh, selecting is DeAndre Swift to Detroit. Mm-hmm. Is Scott, is this too high, too low, or about right? Uh, it's about right. It's it's not the three I would take. It, he's He's probably my four. But uh, so I guess too About high, right. too high right. by yeah. one. Yeah, uh, it's it's uh, it's the Lions love to run, but all their runners get hurt. So I've I've gotten gun shy over the years. Their last like seven high drafted running backs got hurt. It feels like, but uh, no, he's in a good spot if he can hold carry on off, which he should. I think he should be able to. He's, as well. he's that much better. It feels it feels right to me. Yeah. Uh, Swift is just, he's an extraordinary talent. And the shiftiness, the ankle-breaking mm-hmm. moves, wow. And at some point, he's just got to separate from Carrion Johnson, right? You'd think so. You would think so. Your fourth pick overall is J.K. Dobbins. And I think this is where it starts to get a little bit more complicated. That's my third pick. That's your third pick. <laughs> yeah. All right. I, I'm going to say too high because I would have taken Dobbins uh, over Swift uh, for Empire Dynasty purposes. I like Swift more this season, but... uh Dobbins is just built for that bell cow usage moving forward and the makeup of that Baltimore Ravens team. They run it How so could, much. How would you not want the lead running back? And Mark well, Ingram's but time. Is he a, is well, he not this year. Back? Not this year, but yeah. sooner than later he will be. As good as Mark Ingram is, J.K. Dobbins will take that job by next year. All right, your ADP on rookies comes in at number five with Cam Akers. Sure. Yep. Is this too high, too low, or about right, Scott? That, that's about right. That's how it usually goes in these one QB drafts. He's he's uh, he's got the cheap rookie deal for that Los Angeles Rams. Or excuse me, yeah, Los Angeles Rams team. I thought I was thinking Chargers. Yeah, uh, I don't think Henderson's completely out of the way yet. I I thought he was a really explosive guy. He mm-hmm. Had explosive plays. I think he's going to factor in. I, we're we're going to get a little more. Uh, dirty as we go on here, but uh, I, I think it's fair. I think it's where he usually goes. This is too high for Cam Akers. This is a complicated backfield with four different runners, and you're not going to know week in and week out who you can trust to get playing time. And if the coaching staff does, in fact, believe that they're going to use a hot hand approach, yeah, it's going to be total guesswork. Mm-hmm. You know, the team doesn't even know who's going to get the most the most carries going into a game. There have already been I statements out of McVay, you know, talking how much he loves seeing what they did in San Francisco, right? Which with was their that. hot hand approach. So. so I, I'm, I'm not interested in Cam Akers. Pick number five is too high. Let's go to selection number six. C. D. Lamb is going sixth in ADP. He is the Dallas wide receiver. Is this? 
Too low, too high, or just right? I'll say just right. When it comes to wide receivers, he should be the first wide receiver off the board. I might take him over uh, Cam Akers at five, but I'll say just right here. He should have been the first wide receiver taken in reality football. I can't believe the Raiders and the Broncos did not take C.D. Lamb, who had 33 touchdowns over his three seasons as an Oklahoma Sooner, never dropped a pass of 20-plus yards in those three seasons, forced a missed tackle on over 40% of his receptions last year. It's just a crowded wide receiver room, though, in uh, in Dallas right now. But I love the long-term prospects. For yeah, I do, CD. too. And I'm just uh, – uh, I, I believe this was too low for all the reasons you just mentioned. I would have I'd taken him earlier. He was my wide receiver one. Yeah, he was my wide receiver one as well. He's the best. Rec- I think he's the best receiver out of a deep, 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 deep receiver class. Yep. I think he should be going earlier than this, even though he is in a crowded spot with receivers who probably aren't going anywhere in Dallas. Next, your ADP for rookies, Jerry Judy going seventh to Denver. Do you feel like that's about right? Too high or too low, Scott? He was my wide receiver, too, and and I just don't know that the immediate production is going to be there. you got to really trust in Drew Locke, but also Cortland Sun's there. No offense there. They grabbed, they got Albert O. They they have, they they also got KJ Hamler, Tim Patrick's coming back. They have so many, mm-hmm. so many mouths to feed there. I know that's super cliche, but uh, I think there are guys going after Judy on this list that are going to have you know, similar to more production and, and a little bit higher upside in the yeah. next couple of years. Well, we'll talk about those guys potentially right now. Yeah. And I'm, I'm kind of with you on this, including the next guy. Jalen Rager at from Philadelphia is going eighth by your ADP, your average draft position. Brian, is that about right? Yeah, I think it's about right. And uh, speaking of crowded wide receiver rooms in Dallas, I'm pretty sure they converted the wide receiver room in Philly to like a, a, a dog park or something. <laughs> last year, they didn't need one. Rieger walks in as like the wide receiver one, essentially, if you take out the tight ends, of course. So uh, mm-hmm. not, not a huge guy, 5'10", 205, but lightning fast. Had awful quarterbacking uh, throughout college, so you can't glean from too much from his numbers. But uh, he pro- he could be the highest producing rookie wide receiver this year. Alone. And Jeffrey's on pup already. Yeah. So yeah, I, absolutely. I think Rager is going too low at number eight. He walks in. He he could be their, their number one receiver, wide receiver on, on day one, opening yeah. day. That's yeah. a possibility for Jalen Rager. And were it not for the you know the chaos of this preseason, I think that would be the case. Mm-hmm. All right, your next. Rookie off the board in Dynasty Empire drafts by ADP. Selection number nine, Justin Jefferson. Does this feel right, Scott? I know this is Dynasty Empire, but I think this is your rookie wide receiver one for his first season. Mm. I think he he's the best rookie receiver this season just because of opportunity. I think he's going to see a ton of targets. I think he's made for what, what the Vikings want to do. And, man, Spielman and uh, Zimmer got excited. I'm sure you saw that video when they got to draft him. Yeah, and Justin Jefferson, highly productive in college. So I think he is, he is as much as anybody in this draft, ready to walk in and be somebody that can assimilate to the NFL faster than others. This is He's too low at, at pick number yeah. nine, in my opinion. By your ADP, number 10, Keyshawn Vaughn from Tampa Bay going 10th. Brian, is that too high? No, I think this is just about right. All the big-name running backs and big-name wide receivers are gone, so you, you take a shot here on Vaughn, who you hope gets the, the lead job in Tampa Bay. I don't know how long, if he can keep it for uh, year in and year out. I'll just leave this one stat for Vaughn, who went to Vanderbilt, yeah. uh, who finished uh, as a team with the lowest run-blocking grade as a unit, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, even though that happened, Vaughn topped 1,000 yards on less than 200 carries. That's pretty impressive. That is pretty impressive. Um, I feel like this is a little bit too high when I can't even tell you if he's the best running back on his team and if he can beat out when you, when you can't for sure beat out Ronald Jones, I'm not sure how good you are. Yeah, if you're running back hungry though, this you got to take a shot here on Vaughn. All right. 
Your ADP pick number 11 is Henry Ruggs from your Las Vegas yeah. Raiders. Too high, too low, or just right? Ah, uh, man, it, it's tough for me because there's a long history of super fast guys that go top 10, the smaller uh, super fast guys that just do not make it. They they just do not pan out. But I think this guy's actually pretty good. And, and in that offense, he's going to have room to – he's got all the opportunity in the world. It's it's Tyrell and it's him and it's uh, Hunter Renfro. I mean, he's got room He's got room to get a lot of targets. Yeah, they, they, he'll get playing time. Yeah, that's for sure. He'll be on the field. Henry Ruggs about right at number 11. Lastly and briefly, Joe Burrow. First player taken in the draft going at the end of the first round in Dynasty and Empire drafts. Yeah, in one quarterback league, that's about right. The real question is if you're, you're in a super flex league, and I know we all play in a bunch, are you taking Burrow first overall or are you going with uh, CEH? And uh, I, I don't know what I would do at this exact moment. I'm not sure. <laughs> but in a one quarterback league, you still got to take him over Tua, of course. And uh, since he's going to have a pretty fun team when it comes to scoring fantasy points this year. If you've got 17 players who want to try a guillotine league, go to guillotineleagues.com and join one of our public leagues, I'm sorry, private leagues, where you can play with your friends, guillotineleagues.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Fantasy Football Weekly, year number 26. Paul Charchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. Last segment, we started the first round of your Dynasty Empire rookie drafts. Your ADP, America. The order you're taking every one of the players in. We've evaluated if you're getting it right or you're getting it wrong. Now we go to round two where it gets a lot sketchier and the names aren't quite as familiar. But this is where you're going to unearth 
some of your great sleepers. I'll brag for just a minute. This is where I got Michael Thomas. Mm. You dial the clock back five years ago. He was a second round pick in my dynasty league. I got Rob Gronkowski third round of a dynasty See, league. There you go. I mean, yeah. They're, they're there. And I love this second round, too. It's it, deepest. It, I really think this is the deepest fantasy draft we've ever had. Possibly. I've been doing this professionally since 1993. This is the best and deepest draft we've had. So the second round still got a ton of value. We begin with T. Higgins in Cincinnati. Yeah. Is it is the first pick of the second round, Scott? Is he too high, too low, or just right? He's probably he's a little too high for me. I know people love him. Uh, there are just a bunch of guys in this round I like more than him. He's he's a big six foot four guy to replace the six foot four two hundred fifteen pound guy to replace the six foot four two hundred fifteen pound thirty two year old AJ Green. That's right. And isn't that the value that he brings? That's, I mean, to me, the whole point on T. Higgins isn't this year. It's all about the probability that A.J. Green is somewhere else in the future. And he becomes the de facto number one. I like Tyler Boyd and I respect him, but I don't think he's the number one receiver guy. Yeah. T. Higgins could be him in two years. Ultra productive at Clemson. By your average draft position, the next rookie to go, second pick of the second round, Denzel Mims. Brian, you think this is just right? No, I think he should have been a little higher uh, over Higgins. Uh, personally, uh, Mims coming out of Baylor, loved the size, 6'3", 210 mm-hmm. pounds. Uh, could very well be the best boundary receiver on the Jets right now. I'm not convinced Brashad Perryman no. is the answer on and the Perryman's outside. And Perryman's on a one-year deal, too. He's on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Jamison Crowder sees a ton of targets this year, but I like Mims uh, to have a, a role, a significant role this year, and moving forward, uh, he could be a stud. All right. The third pick of the second round by your average draft position is Brandon Ayuk. Yep. Who goes to the Niners. What do you think? Too high, too low, just right. I think it's fair, especially considering this year Debo's going to st- start out on the on the mm-hmm. probably on the PUP. We'll see. Uh, I think it's I think it's all right. He could turn into the wide receiver one there, but I I still feel like that team runs a ton. It's Kittle's team in the receiving game, and I can see them drafting more wide receivers in the coming years. It's okay. I think it's a little high for me. All right, I'm I'm kind of with you on that, but again. I think San Francisco's got room to pass. He's a lot got more opportunity, and, and he's yeah. got up. He walks right into a starting role this year as a rookie, yep. which is great. Let's go to Indianapolis, where pick number four of the second round is Michael Pittman. Is this too high, too low, or just way right? too low? Uh, and he went way too low in real football too. Over twelve hundred mm-hmm. yards and eleven touchdowns at USC last year. Caught a hundred and one passes in college. That is mm-hmm. unreal. Only three drops on 133 targets last year. For reference, Jerry Judy had seven drops on 108 targets. Uh, and ridiculous wingspan, uh, in addition to the size for Pittman of nearly 80 inches. He's going he's gonna to be a beast uh, for years to come. And Pittman with the great body control and these leaping mm-hmm. catches yeah. with the big body. Oh. Yeah, and, I, and a crowded room right he's now. He's got yeah, the but, bloodline pedigree that Brian loves. Oh yeah, he's got the, the football <laughs> yeah. player father. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know if he's got the uh, quite the, the, the biceps that, that Dad had. <laughs> I don't think you want oh, those no. a wide receiver. It didn't work out well for David Boston, but yeah. <laughs> Nor did the nipple rings <laughs> no, for David no, Boston. No. Is what I think we all remember, or at least I do. You got the poster. I've seen it in yeah, here. That's right. <laughs> um, one last thing, in Michael Pittman. I think the big question is who's his quarterback next year yeah yeah i don't know 
So to me, that's the that's that's the big I, X factor on Michael on Michael Pitt. The next guy on the list, I have the same question. All right, and that's Brian Edwards, the new Las Vegas yes. Raider. Yeah, I really like Brian Edwards. I like Rugs. Tyrell might be gone after this season. Uh, Tyrell's not very good. And Renfro's going to be in the slot if they get if they get a franchise quarterback. I think Brian Edwards checks just about every box. I think he could be a good big receiver for them. We are going through Dynasty and Empire rookie drafts. This is your average draft position, America, and whether or not you're getting it right and you're not getting it more wrong than you're getting it on this pick, the sixth selection of the second round of Zach Moss. I'm going to end up talking about Moss a little bit later in the show, so I'm not going to steal. I'm not going to even spend any more time on him here, but rest assured he's going too low. Definitely going way too low. And if you've listened to our podcast over the last few months, we've been uh, praising Zach Moss practically every week. Uh, he will get the 18 carries that Frank Gore got inside the 10-yard line last year. Devin Singletary had three carries inside the 10. Those are all going to Zach Moss, who is a five-tool running back, by the way. So uh, we'll talk about him more. Like Charge said, love Zach Moss going way too low here. Way too low at pick six. Let's go to pick seven of the second round. LaVisca Chenault. A really, really yeah. gifted athlete. It's and you talked. You talked. Don't break my heart, Chanel. <laughs> you, you talked glowingly of him a segment him ago. Him and Rieger, like I just love watching them on the field. <laughs> they're so their highlight reel material is oh, amazing. For sure. uh, I think he can grow into the wide receiver too. There with Chark and with Minshew growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, so is this I too low? This. Is pick seven of the second round too? I've low already for mentioned Chanel? a couple wide receivers I like less than him, so I, I do feel it's too low. All right, agreed. Next, Tua Tagliavolia is mm. for the Dolphins. I think I butchered his name. <laughs> I'm not going to correct you, though, because yeah, I would do it, too. Tagavailoa. Tagavailoa. That's right. Listen, I'm just going with Tua. Everyone knows who Tua is. At the draft, I had it down pat, and I haven't said his name more than a couple of times since then. All right, so at pick number eight of the second round, too low, too high, or just right? I think it's a little too low. He probably he would have been the first overall pick if not for the injury uh, last year, and uh, that doesn't seem to be too much of a concern. So he's probably going a little too low. And uh, you could make a case for taking him over Burrow if mm-hmm. you're thinking long term, and uh, not just for this year. But uh, Tua's got a bright future ahead of him, hopefully. And uh, this will probably you, we'll look back on this and be like, why didn't I draft Tua that year? Yeah, you go, don't you get that feeling? <laughs> yeah. His yeah. weapons are so nice, too, at least for me in Dynasty. Yeah. Parker, Preston Williams. Parker is what he is. Preston mm-hmm. Williams, Gasicki, Gasicki. Yep. Yeah, there's he does have weapons around him. He's yeah. really in a good spot to succeed off offensive line aside which they need to improve this the ninth selection in the second round by your average draft position in dynasty and empire leagues antonio gibson from washington a guy mm-hmm. that's flying under the radar in a lot of leagues too high too Not low or, or <laughs> just right uh I think it's probably just right. I usually take him a little higher just because I really like him. He's He had so little production in college, but mm-hmm. when he did get the ball, he was really hyper-effective yeah. with it. Uh, and they didn't know if he was going to be a running back or a wide receiver. The only problem is in Washington, a lot of running backs. So maybe they'll put him out at wide receiver a little bit because they don't have a lot of those. <laughs> These jackknife guys, jack-of-all-trade guys, when they, they pop, almost they never seem to pan out from a yeah. fantasy standpoint. When they don't, they don't. When they pop yeah. like Kamara, they pop. When yeah. they don't, they don't. But I'm, he's not Alvin Kamara. That's true. I don't think. I think this is too high for Antonio Gibson, who to me is a role player in that offense. And Chris Thompson replacement? Uh, and Yeah, at best, a Chris Thompson replacement. And to me, that's not worthy of this selection in the ninth pick of the second round. But the tenth pick, 
absolutely should be higher. Yeah. And that's A.J. Dillon for the Packers, especially when you start thinking about 2021, Brian. Yeah, I'm getting all the uh, the softballs here. A.J. Dillon going way too low here. If there's anyone that you could compare to Derrick Henry, it would be A.J. Dillon. He's a house, but uh, we can call him a mobile home because he can move too. Uh, <laughs> weighed in at 247 at the combine, but he only recorded the highest vertical leap among all running backs. That makes total sense. Right, go and, figure. And he ran a 4-5-340. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire ran a 4-6, so there yeah. you go. Dylan is going to He's gonna vulture some touchdowns from Aaron Jones this year. There's no denying yeah. it. That's this year. Now, yeah. next year, Aaron Jones is a free agent, and so is Jamal Williams. A bitter free agent, mm-hmm. too, yeah, right? Right, <laughs> exactly. Aaron Jones. Yes, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. no guarantee. I don't think it, Williams makes a team this year. That's not guaranteed, but yeah, no, next year, not. probably not. No. So there's there's a real path for A.J. Dillon to get a lot of a lot of work yep. in future seasons. And so everybody that's, that's maybe down on him, I think they're not just not thinking about Years beyond this, this one. This is what happens in the second, late second, especially of rookie drafts. You're, you're playing for 2021. The 11th pick of the second round by your average draft position in Dynasty and Empire Leagues is Darrington Evans from Tennessee. Is this the right spot for him? I think he's too high now. I think I think now that Derrick Henry has re-signed, mm-hmm. I think he's too high now. I think he would have been fair at that price. Yeah. Now you're buying a backup for a guy who probably won't come off the field much. Nope. And then the last guy that we'll end up talking about in this segment, Chase Claypool from Tennessee. He's the wide receiver they drafted, and he is the last selection of the second round. Is this feel about right for him, Brian? It's a little high for me. I think I would look at some other the some of the other running backs still around, like you know Benjamin Lamical Perrine, or even like Jalen Hurts, a long term quarterback that intrigues me. But Claypool looks like an intriguing prospect. Six four, he's got size, but I think it's going to take speed. He's a four four guy. Yeah, uh, out out of Notre Dame, he did have thirteen touchdowns last year. But uh, I just need to see more from him before I'm taking him with the if last. If only pick Pittsburgh the... was better at drafting and grooming wide receivers, receivers I know. <laughs> like, so I mean... they can never identify a good receiver. <laughs> I believe, and I, I, I could like absolutely be wrong. Bay. Juju Smith-Schuster's coming up to free agency. I think he's going to walk. I, I don't think they're going to resign him, and I think they're going to go with the other young receivers they have, including they have good, James Chase Washington. They have James and Washington and Deontay Johnson. Johnson. Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson's yeah. really good. I think they're going to go ahead with those guys next year. So I, I like Chase Claypool, and I think there's going to be a spot for him on this roster in 2021. So I do think this is a good spot for him. Off the top of my head, names Just the upside is omitted that that could be second round picks. Yeah. Lynn, Lynn Bowden, the yes. Raiders, maybe, but another another, another, another jackknife guy yeah, that charges. Right, another player without a position. Those guys so rarely end up being meaningful fantasy contributors. And uh, I, I hear good things about Joshua Kelly, who's on the uh, Chargers now. now uh, he, I'm interested in him. Yep. Uh, and Matt like Waldman uh, from the rookie scouting portfolio really knows his stuff, really likes uh, Joshua Kelly. And I, I'll listen to I what Matt too. Waldman has to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you I know, think that, he might flat out beat out Justin Jackson. He might beat out Justin Jackson. For and the there's, a, I think there's a real chance he'll do that. But Austin Eckler. You guys saw the photo yep. of him oh, this yeah. week, the shirtless photo. Yeah, he he was doing those what? workout videos last year too. He's but yeah, now he looks even more ridiculous. He's so ripped, and it kills me when people describe Austin Eckler as a scat back. Yeah, you know, like he's this little guy who can't run between tackles. You're nuts. That dude is just power. He is a scat back. He leaves defenders scattered all over the field. Well, it leaves yeah. them scatting their pants. There you go. That's, like that. that's, that's what happens. I believe when we come back. A game we like to call three tough questions. This is where you get to play along. See if you can go three and O oh with our panel of experts. Also, if you would like my cheat sheet, you can get it for free at guillotineleagues.com. 
GuillotineLeagues.com. I've got a wide variety of T-shirts. 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 <laughs> we don't sell any T-shirts. Cheat sheets for you to help you out in your forthcoming drafts and auctions. Go to GuillotineLeagues.com. Paul Charchian, Scott Fish, Brian Johnson, back in moments. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. LASIK. LASIK.com. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's officially fantasy football season. Fantasy Football Weekly is back. Paul Churchian. Scott Fish, Brian Johnson with you. We've yep. invented the new Cheat Sheet t-shirt. <laughs> I set up a t-shirt shop while you, we were uh, yeah, on break exactly. there. Yeah, exactly. You can get my cheat sheet the, on your t-shirt. The t-shirt. The t-shirt. The, chi- like. the t-shirt. Now, we might have the Chia Pet people come after us, though, if we do that. Now, but, when, when when a player gets drafted, you got to get out the Sharpie, and you got to cross his name yeah. off on your, t- your t-shirt. <laughs> yep. They, so do you, do you print it upside down so Ooh. you can read it? You can read it bottom to top. Remember hypercolor? Remember the hypercolor technology? Oh, yeah, that. You can yeah. just cross it off. Yeah. Who who thought that was a great idea? The hotter and sweatier I get, the more my, my t-shirt will All you're turn doing is reminding colors. me of seventh grade dances right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, involuntary sweating. Yeah. It was either the hypercolor, the Big Johnson t-shirts, or what were the other ones am I missing, Fish, from yeah, our every generation? Yeah, stuff like that. And this is the 90s. Ni- you, guys, you guys were children of the 90s, right? In the late 90s? and yep. Yeah. Well, high school in the late 90s. We're, high school we're older 90s. than you would think. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Sadly. Right. Well, yeah, children. High schoolers are children. Yeah. That's really what I meant, I guess. Um, 
All right. This is a segment that we like to call Three Tough Questions. Now, for those of you that are maybe new to the show, you haven't caught our previous 25 years of doing this, I will ask a question. They will both answer the question, and then I will give the correct answer, and you can play along. You can answer as well. See if you can go 3-0 and through the gauntlet of the Three Tough Questions. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Tough question number one. Now that the Kansas City tandem backfield strategy is dead, how about a Browns tandem's backfield strategy? Are you advocating for it, Scott? Uh, I'm not really advocating for the the stacking or pairing of players this year, as I mentioned kind of before. With with I don't want I don't want players in the same room in case something happens. I will say for those uh, those that are looking at that strategy. They're both decent prices, and Kareem Hunt did uh, produce really well as an RB2, RB3 when he played last year. So I think both are, are very viable, and if one goes down, you have a, a stud RB1. So this is a, this is a pretty good strategy if, if that's your risk this year. So yes is that answer, or is that a no? <laughs> I'm not making this move. but So no. Yeah, no, I guess. No. I, okay. I get it. but All right. Brian, uh, uh, are I, you are well, I'll just I'll reset the question. Are you interested in a Browns tandem backfield strategy with your two starters as Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? No, uh, I'm out on Chubb this year based on his uh, first round ADP. His red zone production last year was abhorrent. He had 15 attempts inside the five yard line. Nick Chubb did for negative 14 yards, 15 attempts for negative 14 yards, just two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt had one carry inside the five for three yards, and he scored. And I, I still think Hunt is the better running back than Nick Chubb. So I'm not – yeah, you, they're both weapons, but I'm not paying first-round price for Nick Chubb. I would rather take Eckler or even Josh Jacobs reach for them over Chubb. That's me. Uh, Nick Chubb's really, really good. He was pro football focus's highest-graded running back last year. Um, from weeks 10 through 17 when Hunt was playing, depending on your scoring system, so you know, roughly yeah. – both of these guys ranked into the top 15 of running backs. Both of them did. Now, key to understanding this Browns tandem strategy is to know that Chubb is going mid-second round, typically, ADP, and Kareem Hunt is going in the mid-sixth round. So that frees up my first-round pick to not be a running back, my third-round pick to not be a running back, my fourth-rounder, my fifth-rounder, all non-running backs. I'm going to be stacked at every other spot on the field, and now I've got the two Browns. Now, they Cleveland Gaines offensive coordinator, uh, former offensive coordinator, Kevin Stefanski from Minnesota, who ran the ball the sixth most times and the fourth most times in his two seasons as offensive coordinator. Are you saying that's an upgrade over Freddie Kitchens? I am (laughs) saying that's an upgrade over Freddie Kitchens. It's crazy. Um, We've seen him uh, harness the abilities of several good running backs. Despite the fact that Chubb and Hunt are not built very much alike, they are actually used shockingly similarly Chubb is the much bigger back, but he's very elusive and he's very fast. He's uh, He was ranked number two in Pro Football Focus's elusiveness ranking despite his size. And Chubb posted the second fastest ball carrier speed last year. 22 miles an hour for a guy his size. It's remarkable right there. And he can also catch, and before Hunt showed up, he topped three catches in six out of eight games. Nick Chubb did. So we know Chubb can do a little of everything. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got ability. Then you add in Hunt, who I think most people know better, who did everything in Andy Reid's offenses, inside runs, outside runs, one of the best patch catchers in the league. And if you extrapolate Hunt's receiving numbers from his eight games last year to a full season, 
Only Christian McCaffrey and Austin Eckler would have topped Hunt in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. He had, he was all, they were already using Hunt very, very well as a receiver last year. So if I get all of that production combined together in an offense that has every reason to get better, especially with the improvements at offensive line, they got the best tackle in free agency in Jack Conklin. They put a first round pick into the other tackle spot. That offensive line gets a lot better. That productivity that Brian was concerned about at the goal line should go away with these new tackles. I think you can absolutely execute. I don't think it. I know it. You can and should execute a Browns tandem backfield. Okay, it needs a better name, though. You need a, a name for this uh, strategy. Right, we'll come listen. Up some, I'm listening. I don't know. Brown Town or uh, <laughs> I, get, Brown next town. week. Take, take you take to Brown Town. Take Brown Town. <laughs> Tough question number two. Which second-year quarterback is most likely to make a, the biggest leap in fantasy point production? Which second-year quarterback will make the biggest leap in fantasy point production? Brian? I'll give you a hint. He's got a mustache, and it's Gardner Minshew, who uh, really only in 13, 13 and a half games last year, finished with the 10th most passing touchdowns by a rookie quarterback since the merger in 1970. Uh, here are the top three quarterbacks uh, graded on throws of 20-plus yards downfield last season. Number one, Russell Wilson. Number two, Deshaun Watson. Number three, Gardner Minshew. And don't forget, he can run as well. Uh, fifth in rushing yards among quarterbacks last year, 24 uh, 25 yards per game, essentially. That's about a half a passing touchdown you can add to his uh, game log. And Jacksonville going to be chasing points on the regular, uh, playing from behind, throwing the ball a ton. Gardner Minshew, man, top 12 potential. All right. Scott, which second-year quarterback is going to make the biggest leap in fantasy point production? See, when I read this question, I focused on biggest leap. Gardner Minshew is already a 3,200-yard passer with 200-plus oh, yards. Oh, He's still going to go yeah. higher. Yeah, yeah. Well, he'll double only. that. Yeah. <laughs> with 20-plus touchdowns. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't get respected like that, though. <laughs> same with Daniel Jones, 3,000-yard passer, 20-plus touchdowns. Uh, Kyler Murray, 3,700 yards, 500 on the ground, uh, 24 touchdowns. These guys would have to make large leaps to do what I think Drew Locke is going to do, mm. who averaged just over 200 yards per game and 1.2 touchdowns per game. Now he has Cortland Sutton, Albert O, Noah Fant, a better line, Melvin Gordon. He's got uh, he got Jerry Judy. He's got KJ Hamler to to open up, open up the top there. Uh, I think Luck. <laughs> I think Drew Locke has the most potential for the biggest leap of those people. You know, I look through I, I look through Drew Locke's box scores and just to refresh my memory and actually even went back and watched a little bit of video uh, mm-hmm. from last year of Drew Locke. Just so I, I I remember liking what I saw, but I couldn't put it all together. And then I went back and watched him. I looked at the box scores and I went, hey, it's all right. Yeah, that's all right. And I don't know. It was good. It's just, you know, but I didn't there was nothing that sort of jumped off the page for me. And then I went back to Daniel Jones. It's like, dang, that dude's got an arm. Did he just fumble again? Yeah, he may I feel have, like he it, just fumbled it, it, again. He may have just fumbled talking. again. Um, like Gardner Minshew, the terrible defense for the Giants is going to provide a pass-happy game script oftentimes for him. Look at the receiving talent around Daniel Jones. You And you correct. You're, ap- you're both right, by the way. You both have good answers, just not the best answer. <laughs> Lottery talent around Golden Tate, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton, Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, all those people around Slayton Daniel so good. Slayton's Just way, going way so under draft. And again, none of they never played together in a single yeah, game. All those guys. Game. Not one game last year. That's right. Were they all on the field together? Uh Jones still finished despite the fact that all those guys missed 
copious amounts of time, played hurt, etc. He still finishes quarterback 17, mm-hmm. despite not starting four games, by the way. He's got a lot of room to move up from 17. He could cut that in half. He could be quarterback eight as a possibility this coming season. Um, I like the fact that he's got sneaky rushing production. Yeah. He topped over 25 rushing yards in half his games last year. Remember that first big breakout game that he had against Tampa Bay where he ran in two and he threw two and went yep. berserk in that game. Now, the offensive line has been terrible in New York for years. Exactly, will be back. The team spent a first, a third, and a fifth round pick this year into the offensive line. Zeitler comes back. Uh, they had that's Andrew Thomas, Matt Pert, and Shane Lemieux all got drafted. So the line figures to get better. Maybe not week one, but those rookies will come around over the course of the season and should be able to help. Now, many lists of the correct answers, Daniel Jones. Many listeners might be thinking, what about Kyler Murray? He's going off the board at, at, as quarterback five. And there's a lot of people. biggest leap. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's the biggest leap. Kyler Murray was already putting up some pretty pretty solid 4,200 plus total yards, 24 touchdowns. Right. I mean, he'd have to have a Mahomes, Lamar Jackson year to, to have a big Oh, yeah. And, and he got DeAndre Hopkins in the offseason, too. True. Yeah, right. That, that, that certainly helps, right? Now, nobody mentioned Dwayne Haskins. Who has nowhere to go but up? And there's, you know, from just a leap standpoint, because he did, he provided so little last year. It was tempting to use Dwayne Haskins here, but that was my thought too. I can't even tell you that he's how many games he's going to play. Can he can he beat out Alex Smith on one leg? I don't know. Can he beat out Kyle Allen? I don't know. So I can't can't go. Kyle Allen over from Carolina too. I know. I I'm I just I can't get I can't embrace Dwayne Haskins at this point. Tough question number three. All three of these DJs are going within one round of each other. So they're all within 12 picks. And you're on the clock. You have to choose from DJ Chark, DJ Moore, or David Johnson. Who are you selecting? Scott. Oh, we're not going back and forth. It it freaked me out there. Oh, no, it is. This is my turn. Oh, Uh, I'm going with uh, DJ Moore. And honestly, it's really not that close for me as much as I love DJ Shark. Uh, What DJ Moore has done in his first two years being a guy that's under 23, only 10 other wide receivers have had 1,900 total, 1,900 receiving yards uh, before the age of 23. And that list is like Evans, Fitzgerald, Moss, Juju, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the Josh Gordon and Allen Robinson type guys. Um, that that's what I love his production. I know he's got Teddy uh, Chark. He's gonna he's gonna get some targets taken away from him from Chris Thompson from uh, Chenault is gonna be there now with Minshew. Um, David Johnson not for me at all. David Johnson is the guy that you're drafting in that spot because you punted running back for five rounds. Yeah, or and, four and, rounds. You, and you need help. And you, you need, need to find someone somebody. who might be a starter. That's right. David Johnson doesn't even come in come close in my ca- in my eyes. Okay. Brian? Well, I'm taking David Johnson. Okay. All right. (laughs) Let's hear it. Of course, it helps to know who's on your team already. Of course, I'm going to build my team around the DJs in the future rounds. Mm -hmm. But uh, if I want, I like David Johnson this year, and people have basically put him out to pastor. That's very unfair. Uh, Like anybody who's drafted him in the last three years. We all remember the last vision of him was an awful run late in the season where he looked like he was running in molasses. But let's think about the first eight games. He finished as RB10 through the first eight weeks of the season. He only played in six of those games. 
He missed the Week 7 game against the Giants when Chase Edmonds finished as the RB1 with three touchdowns and, like, 200 combo yards. If David Johnson got the – he was knocked up or, you know, banged up. Knocked up. Wow. That that would explain the lumbering around, maybe. But, but, you know, tally those numbers onto his first half of the season. He's RB1 through the first half of the season. Yes, he came back late in the season. He looked awful. But when he was healthy the first half, he was running behind the fourth-worst uh, graded run-blocking line by Pro Football Focus. He mm-hmm. had a volatile rookie quarterback. I'm giving, I'm going glass half full with David Johnson here in Houston. I think Bill O'Brien, they never throw the running backs there. He has to flip the script on that, in that uh, regard. So, David Johnson, let's go. He's going to finish as an RB1. Let's be fair. He's only five years removed from a 1,000-yard season. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, 2016 was just the other day. The, one, of the, yeah. one of the lost years was a broken arm. you got to give him yeah. a little break there. But I know. He's got, he's got some things to prove. We'll see if he can do it. Yeah, I just I'm I need uh, David Johnson's lost the benefit years. of the doubt for me at this point, and he might it. As it turned out, Carlos Hyde, who's awful, ended up being a meaningful fantasy contributor just by being the guy who got the ball in yeah. Houston. So I mean, there's something to be said, you know, if he's unless he's so bad that it, they really can't even use him. David Johnson is probably going to be fine. And I don't like Duke Johnson there though, because he's no maybe the second best pass catching running I, back after David Johnson or one is, of. But they yeah, it's uh, they got to change that because we thought when they passed to the running backs, one of the lowest in the NFL, Deshaun Watson did, and they brought in Duke Johnson, and they still didn't pass to him. So uh, fifty-five me. receptions mm-hmm. for running backs last year for the Texans, fourth fewest. They had fifty yeah. the year before. That was the they, least they in the league. Just don't but, throw yeah. to running backs. The correct answer is DJ Chark. Chark. Yeah. Let's talk it through, guys. DJ Moore and Chark, by the way, finished last year, depending on your scoring system, is roughly wide receiver 15 and 16, right next to each other. But they And Moore got missed there. two games. And Moore missed two games, in fairness. They got there in very both similar and, and oddball ways. It, the similar part is they both thrived despite inexperienced quarterbacks who were very mm-hmm. who were at times inconsistent. Yeah. And that the fact that they were as good as they were with those quarterbacks, I thought was a testament to how good they both are as receivers. Now, DJ Moore was a model of consistency. He put up, you know, you wanted your five your five catches for 70 yards, DJ Moore was your guy. If you wanted any touchdowns, he only scored in three games last year. That's it, just mm-hmm. three. And then you bring in... Christian McCaffrey, what are you doing? I know. <laughs> then you bring in Teddy Bridgewater, who shortens the field, which just doesn't help, help He's DJ Moore. He's better than Moore. Kyle Allen and Will Greer, though. <laughs> eh, is yeah. he? I don't know. Probably yes. He probably is yes, better he than is. them. He's better than them. But is that is the kind of quarterback that Teddy is going to help any receiver flourish and take a next step forward in his progression for a young receiver? And I don't think Teddy's got it in him. DJ Chark, though, much more explo- explosive. He scored in six different games, but those were his big games. Mm-hmm. And he had the bad games when Minshew just didn't hit him right, or he just had, you know, he had the three catch for 30 yard games. So Chark was way more volatile. But. I think Minshew, for the reasons that Brian elucidated moments ago, Minshew will end up riding the ship. He'll be better in year two. The team obviously thinks that Minshew's going to be better because they made no moves at quarterback other than shedding Nick Foles. Yep. So this is a good opportunity for Minshew to get better, and he's got the arm to make any play a deep, successful and play. He keeps plays alive to too. DJ Chark. He does with his legs, and uh, uh, Minshew does. He draws a lot of comparisons to AJ Green, who thrived under Jay Gruden as an OC in uh, Cincinnati when healthy. So yeah, That's a good point. Gruden loves him, loves Chark, and Chark and uh, knows yeah, how to use him. Yeah, former first rounder. On DJ the same Chark. side, I like Joe Brady in Carolina too. <laughs> 
coming from LSU. Ah, I know, but I like them just, both. Yeah, I mean, this just, is like I used. To, I I thought it was like tiebreak. I just like I like Gar. I'm hooking my wagon to Gardner Minshew before I am Teddy Bridgewater for I fantasy purposes. For sure, I get so, that. So DJ Chark, the correct answer. Uh, when we come back, I want to talk about all the things your league needs to cover from a COVID perspective. How are you going to handle the eventuality for the players who get COVID, and what's going to happen in a worst case scenario for your league? And you have to get these things squared away in the preseason or you're going to end friendships. Leagues will dissolve over the conflicts that are coming over COVID. Don't become another COVID victim. Fantasy Football Weekly returns in moments. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER L-A-S-I-K-LASIK.com Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K-LASIK.com If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Final segment of Fantasy Football Weekly. Paul Jarchi and Scott Fish and Brian Johnson with you. If you've ever wanted to try a guillotine league, go to guillotineleagues.com. The premise is simple. You start with 17 teams. There's no head-to-head. Every week of the season, the low-scoring team gets lopped off. They're done, and their entire roster goes to the waiver wire where everybody else gets to feast on those players and build a bigger and better lineup. The last team standing wins. It's Guillotine Leagues at guillotineleagues.com. If you've got 16 other people you want to play with, you can have us run your league, or if you just want to join a league so you don't know 16 others and want to play a Guillotine League, we've got leagues you can join at every price point and prize level as well. 
guillotineleagues.com. You want to run your league on guillotineleagues.com because running it on any other site is a huge yeah, pain they in the A. Yeah, they're not, not made they're not made for this. We, however, are built from the ground up to support guillotine leagues specifically. Final segment, guys, we're going to talk about two main things. The plans you need to cover now for COVID, and as we do in the final segment of every show, every preseason, we each divulge one sleeper player. Some of these players have already been mentioned, but we'll get dive into them a little bit deeper. Let's begin with the COVID plans that you need to cover now. First, I think that the easy stuff, by the way, you have to do it now. You have to do it in the preseason. If you wait until the season is going and you try to make rules and adjustments, it's going to go haywire because people then have a vested interest in a particular outcome. Yep. You know, if mm-hmm. if if I'm nine and one, I think that the you know and the season goes ten weeks and I'm nine and one, and you cancel the season in, in week ten, I'm gonna be feeling pretty strongly that best winning percentage ought to be the winner. Right, yep. so there's going. But to- I had the most total points. Exactly, and Brian had the most total points, and he's really convinced that the most total points should be the way. And that's how you end up ruining a league, ruining friendships. You have to do this in the preseason. Uh, the easy part of this is think about your draft or your auction, whether or not you're going to do that in person or you're going to do it online. I think you could, you know, in, you can socially distance in a backyard. Yeah, and I think you can pull off either one in a backyard. And you could you could do it that way, and I think it'd be pretty easy to do in person. And, and the in-person draft's a big part of fantasy football. You can even socially distance inside. Just mask up, everyone. Mask up. Yeah, you yeah you could you could do it inside as well. It's easier outside, and it's summer, so you know why not do it? Not why gonna, not do it? Not going to argue that. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, but you might have to change the you might have to change the date of your auction or draft. You might have to be a little bit nimble on that, but you probably will not have to. I'd like to think the NFL is not going to change the starting date of the season, but it's a possibility that it could be moved back. Scott, let's talk about COVID slots. Yes. Um, You know, we're all familiar with IR. Do you believe that a league should have COVID slots for when a player does get designated as having COVID? And Mm -hmm. is it just IR or is it different than IR? It depends on what your host sets up. The The hosts I have seen out there, there are at least a couple of them already that have them allow them on IR. And and so in that case, it's easy, either unlimited IR or just increase the IR. It all depends on how much you want to be tracking. You know, if, if you're trying to track an exact amount of COVID players that are allowed on IR or an exact amount of IR players, uh, what your previous IR rules are. I think this is one of those years that we have to know concessions will be, ha- will have to be made and you're going to have to work within the confines of what your host allows. Your hosting site. Yes. Yeah. And uh, for many of the sites, they don't have something special for COVID. They just have IR. Right. And I guess you could use that. I like separating it as two different designations if you can, if your your hosting site allows that. But perhaps it does not. Um, so is there should, should there be a limit on the number of COVID slots that you give a team? If I get stricken with eight players with COVID, should I only be able to put three on because you only have three COVID slots? Probably not. Probably shouldn't be a limit. Unlimited, right? I'm yeah. already suffering enough. Yep. It should be unlimited, but if we're needing to use unlimited COVID spots, I'm pretty sure the season's over at that point. But yeah, you, <laughs> but you want a, a, a more than usual, of course. It also triple, double the amount easily. Double, you, triple. You also have to keep an eye on your lead. like you might have anti hoarding rules, meaning you can't pick someone up off waivers, you know, just to put them on IR. Some leagues yeah. have that, so that might be tough to watch with unlimited. But you know, 
that's that's something to be aware of. All right. Related to that, and again, we're talking about COVID eventualities that you need to be thinking about now. We're going to get into our, our, our sleepers in just a moment. Some leagues are expanding the number of roster spots, assuming that some players are going to get COVID, so this way you've got more players. I think this is the wrong approach. It's terrible, unless your host doesn't allow them on IR. That's the only justification I can see. Correct. Because now you're what you're doing is you're thinning out the waiver wire, so mm-hmm. there's no talent left on the waiver wire, and my guy gets stricken with COVID, and, and I got nobody to turn to. And it's still benefiting the teams that don't have COVID people. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. they're, they're just getting all they get is more spots. Great point. Yeah. Great point. Can't so do don't, that. don't expand your roster size. Just allow an unlimited number of COVID uh, of COVID players to go on IR or a COVID designation. That's the way. That is the appropriate way to do this. Um, we think when a player gets tested positive, he's going to be out what two weeks, two yeah, games, two three weeks, probably. something in that something in that ballpark. Um, you know, at, these guys are not are very, very unlikely to be in any real mortal danger mm-hmm. because they are young and in excellent, excellent condition. So, you know, I don't I don't think we're gonna have a scenario where we have a, a fatality. Let's let's certainly hope that's not the case. That might be what cancels the season. That that is <laughs> that is the sort of thing that yeah. could cancel a season. And and so let's let's move to that now. This is maybe the single most important decision that your league has to make. How many games need to be played for it to be a valid season. And then how do you determine the winner if it gets cut short? Correct. And yep. how do you determine the winner? So I want to run a couple of scenarios by you. At guillotineleagues.com, we're using eight weeks. If you, you know, if we if you if you grind through two months of play, we want to award prizing at that point. And, and so just to clarify, that. eight week eight is in the books. Eight yes, complete eight weeks. completed no, weeks. Yes. Yep. Eight completed weeks is what we are using. Now your own league and you know do it your way. But at the end of eight weeks, you haven't had even you haven't started any playoffs, right? So let's play out this this scenario where the playoffs haven't happened yet, mm-hmm. and you the NFL cancels the season. By the way, the eight weeks don't have to be contiguous. It could be a month on, then the the league shuts down for two weeks, everybody gets healthy, and they come back and play formal interrupted weeks, season. Yeah, interrupted season, whatever. So um, in that case, we're you know we're we are deciding we're using winning percentage as the as the winning criteria. And for and then after that, total points scored mm-hmm. to, as a tiebreaker. Sound reasonable? Yep. I've seen on the lower end, like there, there. I've seen it all, all the way from four weeks to ten weeks. I've seen ones on the lower end that are going by all play to a certain point, and mm-hmm. then switching to win loss just because at that point you have You've played more enough. You've yeah. played enough games. Yeah. Yep. That can make sense. I, I kind of like the all play idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually I think I like it a lot. The more that I think about that, um, then. So let's play it out a little further. Let's say it gets into the fantasy playoffs and the season is the season is canceled. So let's say it's the NFL week 15 mm-hmm. and for whatever reason the season's over right there. Yep. Now there's the only to me the only winning only the teams that are still alive are eligible to be winners at that point. So the teams that have still that are still alive are in and it's just best winning percentage. It's still best winning percentage okay. whoever won the most games. And then again, the tiebreaker would be total points scored. Or okay. if you can get together with the guys or gals in the playoffs with you, cage match. What I, to determine oh, the I winner. like that yeah. idea. I what like I have game. seen out there is the after week 15, there's four left, the four split. After week 16, the champ and second split, and the third place game split. I've yeah, seen that as I well. Could, I could see I'm it. just throwing it out yeah. there for listeners. I, I'm, I'm just not a big split the pot guy. I mean, I just, know you know, know. let's just be brave and have winners. That's all. 
Um, all right, let's talk through a couple other things. What if it doesn't get the season does not get to the the let's let's say eight weeks that you're using as a valid season? Right. Then what? In my mind, everybody you've paid, you're paid for next year. Yep. We're just rolling over your funds to next season. Yep. Yep. Everybody, we all agree yeah. on multiple levels. Dealing with money sucks. <laughs> yeah, well, that too, right? Yeah, so we finally just, got it. Just paid. roll it over. Yeah, just yeah. roll it over. Or, or some people might want their money back. I would give it to them in that regard too, and then they can pay again next year, of course. But yes, you get your money back. Do you want that moment. person in your league though? Like they want their money back for the like two months, and the, oh, I no. suppose maybe if they're Maybe. in a situation they need it. Times they, are a little tough. No, yeah. you don't, but yeah. but That's right. probably edge case anyway, but yeah. Next, Dynasty and Empire Leagues. If you have a canceled season, how do you handle the draft order the next year? This is a, this is a thorny issue. I don't believe you should just roll over last year's Mm-mm. draft positions because the, the teams that drafted first, he's going to go first again? You're, that doesn't seem very fair. And the team that won champ that won the championship is going to get penalized again and go last. I like a weighted lottery, mm-hmm. a weighted lottery for the teams, for all of the teams. Yep. And if so, if you pin it, if you finished, uh, if you finished first, you'd have one ping pong ball. If you finished last, you'd have twelve ping pong balls. That, and I'd pull, I'd pull balls for the the, the lot, the draft order next. If year. you're doing one through twelve like that. I would highly recommend not allowing someone to jump more than three spots up because that amount of balls, the tw- the best team in the league could very, very well easy- go one. Yeah, I don't know. I, I could live with that. Yeah. I really could, but that's just me. If you're in Dynasty Empire, very uh, very unlikely though. If, <sighs> if you're willing and able to go to a- auction, which you should be, you could also do based on your finishing. You get more of a budget. The worst your team was going into an auction for your yeah you could you could do that too I like I've also seen win loss or total points from the year before plus the weeks that you played. All right, guys, we've got about two and a half minutes left in this show. Let's zip through some of our sleepers, our favorite sleepers, and I will begin with Brian Johnson, your sleeper this week. All right, well, that's not enough time for me to dive into Dan Arnold. I'll do that next week. I'm mm. going to go with Steven Sims uh, of Washington, who mm, should be the yes. number two wide receiver for uh, Washington football team this year. Uh, Sims ran only 21% of his routes from the slot or from the boundary last year. Uh, most came from the slot, but over the last four games, he had a massive target share of 26%, 39%, 27%, 22%. He should see more work on the outside. And he'll see some creative usage from uh, new OC Scott Turner, who came over from Jacksonville. Uh, he'll be used the same way they use Curtis Samuel. We'll see a lot of handoffs to Steven Sims, and uh, he's going to be starter-worthy this year All right. in fantasy football. Big guy, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, Scott, your sleeper this week. Uh, Deontay Johnson, uh, currently going wide receiver 44, 11th or 12th round. Uh, led all rookies in receptions last year, and that was with Denthead and the Duck throwing in passes last yeah. year. So, uh, Denthead. <laughs> Denthead and Duck. Uh, Big Ben back. Uh, they've been known to support wide receiver, uh, two wide receivers forever, mm. uh, and I think, he's, I think he's the beneficiary. All right. I'm going to go with Zach Moss, who I – is my either my favorite or my second favorite sleeper for this offseason. And I'll, I'll I'll save the other guy for next week. Let's talk Zach Moss. He's the running back for Buffalo, taken in the third round. Great in college at Utah. He left Utah as the all-time leading rusher all-time. He's a bigger, powerful back. He's difficult to tackle. He's got good hands. He's not fast, but he plays fast. And most importantly, it's about opportunity and where he fits into this Buffalo offense. He inherits the job left behind by the undead corpse of Frank Gore. Gore, last year, had nothing left in the tank at all. 
and he still garnered almost 200 touches last year. And those 200 touches are going to go to Zach Moss, who's going to do a lot more with them than Frank Gore could. Now, most importantly, and Brian alluded to this earlier in the show, Devin Singletary only was given two carries from inside the five last year. Frank Gore had 18 carries inside the the 10 and 11 carries inside the five. Scored twice. That's it. Zach Moss, built for goal line use, is going to be much more successful and is going to do much more with those juicy carries near the stripe. I love him to be potentially a double-digit guy as a possibility for touchdowns this year because if you look at the 11 touchdowns or the 11 carries that Frank Gore inside the five, you, you want to convert those like a 50% rate, he can get five, six touchdowns just out of carries inside the five. Devin Singletary's just not going to get those kind of, of numbers. And Zach Moss might be better at the what Devin Singletary does best. Zach Moss might do all those things better than Singletary, too, and just totally leave him on yeah, the sidelines that by is the possible. midpoint of the season. Yeah, it's you know, and Devin Singletary's a good back. I'm not mm-hmm. knocking Devin, Devin Singletary, no. but he is what he is. He is a smaller, speedier, scat-backy kind of guy, and there's a reason they drafted Zach Moss, and they're going to use him right away. Thank you for listening, everybody. I encourage you to check out the contests and leagues at guillotineleagues.com. It's the hottest, freshest new format in fantasy football. And be sure to check out this podcast. And take the time to rate and review the podcast as well. Always grateful for the people that get to the end of the show and take the time to do that. We'll talk to you next week, everybody. Bye-bye. Fantasy Football Weekly is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.